not a position that any of us thought that these Florida Panthers would be in, but here we are. The Florida Panthers are now down 0-2 against the defending Stanley Cup champions. On this edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, we bring in Nick Fairbanks from PantherParkway.com to discuss this last-minute loss for the Florida Panthers. What happened? And are they built to make a comeback now being down 0-2 and dropping both home games again against the two-time Stanley Cup champions? Let's have a conversation, ladies and gentlemen. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to this Friday, May 20th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. Don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. They'll be covering all the postseason activities around the National Hockey League. I don't know where to start. This one hurts. A lot. And I stood in my chair just frozen after that last goal by Ross Colton with less than four seconds left in pure disbelief that thinking that this was going to go to overtime and with the Florida Panthers being 2-0 and in overtime during the postseason that they could prove themselves once again that they could grind out a win. But slowly mistake here and there by Mackenzie Weger leaves Ross Colton empty, right in, excuse me, right in front of the net. And for the second year in a row, the Florida Panthers are down 0-2 while having home ice advantage to their cross-state rivals, Tampa Bay Lightning. And the Panthers played well enough to win this game. And Edzu Lusterainen gets a goal, his first uh, in this one. Barely squeezes by Vasilevsky. You could argue that Vasilevsky could have even had a shutout in, in this one. But... What a tough hole for the Florida Panthers to be in. This uh, this is a very, very tough one. And if you're watching on the YouTube, I'm not even making eye contact uh, on the screen. It's really hard for me to do that right now. But let me bring in my guest on the show, uh, Nick Fairbanks, here on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. A, a tough one tonight. And... Nick, I see it. I have the look in my eyes of disbelief and disappointment. I could see it in yours as well. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and give you the floor. Um, how are you feeling, man? Well, I wish 
four seconds didn't really last as long as it has, you know, since we've come on here. Um, I felt that the team, well, maybe not the team because we'll get into that later. Sergey Bobrovsky and a few other individuals on this team deserve better. Bob has been stellar this whole playoffs. He didn't deserve the result tonight. Uh, anybody who plays on the power play right now should really be on the lookout if they're even going to be getting power play time. I want to know where Alexander Barkov is. I want to know where Jonathan Uberdo is. I want to know where Sam Reinhardt is. And, um, you know, I already know where Mackenzie Weger is. He's cost the Panthers three games this postseason. He should be in the doghouse right now. There's no other way to put it. It's disgusting. That last play, you had one job. Protect the house. One job. One job and this being overtime, and we'd maybe have a different chance at tying the series up, but it just seems like that that's the way it's going to be in this series is that Florida can dictate five on five, can't score on special teams, yet Tampa can, and they take advantage of their chances. And when Florida gets their chances, it's either a block shot or just nothing gets through. Um, they could have all the pressure in the world and it just, it won't matter because they're playing against the best goaltender in the world and a team that's, laying out their bodies for him. I don't see that on the other side. I see Bob making save after save, bailing the team out. And then he gets treated like this at the end of the game too. It's, it's, uh, we've been waiting for Bob to show up like this. And this is, this is what he, this is what he gets. So um, I'll just finish with this. It's starting to feel personal with these with with these last two losses it's um it's getting to the point where the team is dominating five on play, five play but if it's not working and it's not pucks are not going in you need to change something and this is on the coaching staff as well so i'll leave it at that for now yeah and let's talk about even the shot attempts for the panthers um total 72 to 53 shot attempts for the Panthers and five on five was 58 to 42. Do, like you said, dominate five on five all they can. But when you're 0 for 25 on the power play, and even if someone like Mackenzie Weger slips up at the end, and that's not a game winning goal, that's a game tying goal, and you have an opportunity to recoup even after that. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to cut. Mackenzie Weaver, mm -hmm. any slack. That's not what I'm trying to do here. But you convert on some of those power plays, like and it's and we're we're beating the dead horse, but it's but it, it has to be talked about though. Like it, it's it, the series it, it, should be two nothing if they convert on the power play the other exactly. way. Like sorry to make it like that, but yeah, yeah. And you had you had a description about how the Florida Panthers power play was in the chat versus Tampa Bay's when we were discussing it with the guys. Um, I'll, I'll give you the floor on that one when talking about the, the power play of 
Florida's mentality nope. versus Tampa Bay's? So it's really simple. And um, for those who are watching the feed or listening to the podcast, when you go to watch the game tape, um, it's really simple. Tampa Bay wins a draw. They're passing maybe once, twice, maybe three times at most, and they get a shot on goal. And it's always either to Stamkos, Kucherov, or Hedman. It's one of those three. Florida, I- I- I'll do this for you. Get possession, pass, 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 shot block. Retain possession, pass, 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 lose possession of the puck, and it gets cleared. So what's the difference between those two power plays? One, they limit to two to three passes and get a shot on goal. Florida will pass their way into a turnover. They'll try to make everything cute and everything bang, bang. Just put some damn pucks on the net. Do what the winners and the champs do. One or two passes, shot on goal. Vasilevsky is human. He may be the best goaltender in the world, but he can't stop them all. Simplify the game. Win a draw, pass, pass, shot. I don't care where the shot comes from anymore. Just put a shot on goal. Mm -hmm. And one thing during the – I was snapping my fingers like that, describing how it's quick whenever the lightning do that on the power play. Correct. And they don't get the time for the goalie to get set. Well, it's not even really quick passes. It's just like your general passes. So Vasilevsky is slowly shifting left and right, getting set up. That's the difference between the two. And even though it was one power play goal for the lightning tonight, it still happened on their first first shot attempt first mm-hmm. shot on uh, first shot on goal and it happened to be the first goal so the other thing that I, I i've thought about is when you're on the power play who are you going to fear more are you going to fear a nikita kucherov a Braden point uh headman and a Stamkos, or are you going to fear a barkoff and uberdo and maybe uh ekblad and whoever else they have out there who who would you fear more on the power play who would you rather play against as of right now the panthers um well yeah 100 <laughs> percent like the, the thing the thing is is that those players are so good and that any of them can score on the power play that florida gets frozen anytime one of them has the puck mm-hmm. and if you notice that that's the last shot that i think stamkos had that bob had to come over and save he had everybody on the Panthers frozen. If Bob didn't slide over knowing where that pass was going, that, that's game already. That's 2 nothing. That, that game's over. Mm-hmm. But it just goes to show you the, the amount of respect and the skill that those players have and the way that they go about their business. And then you have on the other side, Florida, that, yeah, they had a good power play during the uh, season, but, you know, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> Yep, that's uh, 0 for 25 says it all. Whatever happened in the regular season, throw it away. Throw, throw it out the mm-hmm. window. It's it's postseason right now for these guys. And Bob gave him a chance. He had a big glove save on Andre Palat towards the end of the game that he gave him a chance to win it. And mm-hmm. Anson Carter on the TNT broadcast spoke about how they could open up the power play more 
when the Florida Panthers are mostly standing still about when the there was it was when the second power play unit was on. He described this play. Brandon Montour was towards the point. Um, Brad Chikornquist was right on the door on the doorstep. Mm-hmm. They pass it to Duclair in the slot. Patrick Hornquist slides towards the bottom of the circle, giving him an opportunity to possess the puck a little bit and then and then shoot a wrister possibly. And and that and that didn't happen, but he said that that's what could the the Florida Panthers even on that simple play could have done in order to to create something and and, and to create a pass that's not blocked because the Tampa Bay Lightning are just consistently getting in the passing lanes of the Panthers too. It's it, mm-hmm. whatever, everything in the slot is just not going through. I mean, think the, the slot in, in hockey is like the trenches in football. That, that is, that is the very, mo- the, the, the higher percentage shots and how are you going to make a goalie uncomfortable? And the Panthers just haven't done that. No, Tampa's done a wonderful job um, all series so far of taking away, um, you know, having active sticks and closing the gap. Uh, the Panthers have not had any easy passes on the power play. I mean, except up top, uh, even when the Panthers were trying to enter in the zone, I mean, there was a mess up by Ekblad who, you know, decided to do, you know, the, you know, we're going to dump the puck uh, back and hopefully one of the forwards gets it and caused a shorthanded chance. And guess who bailed them out again, Bob. So it, it shows me that they're not really thinking about tinkering too much. I mean, they're going to switch some players in and out, like, they went back to the five forward uh, power play, which probably was the best power play of the night, but still didn't get in. The, the puck didn't go in. Um, I think they need to go back to putting Patrick Hornquist on the first power play, Aaron Eckblad. And I'm going to say Montour um, and uh, on the back line. Um, he just seems like he's got the speed. He has – he knows when to pinch and he knows when to uh, make a play. Unlike number 52, who I'm just going to pile on. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and then you might have your bark off, your Huberto, and uh, like I said, your Hornquist. At least then you have your two elite passers, and then you have two defensemen that can release the puck relatively quick. And then you have the guy out in front that we're paying $5.5 million for to do that for and get tips on the puck. Either that or put start putting Reinhardt out in front, it, either one of them. But you got to change it up. You you got to start throwing pucks towards the net. You got to start getting some greasy goals, or else th- this is the way it's going to end, guys. It, it's going to be a. I'm not going to say the s word, um, but if things don't change and they don't start doing things the rugged way, it's going to be a very short series. Mm-hmm. Even Paul Bissonnette uh, in one of the intermissions talked about how possibly this might be the time to bring in someone like Joe Thornton on the on the power play as well, just to create some type of spark, like. Why not? I mean, what do you have to lose? Yeah, exactly. I mean, if nobody else is going to do their job and put the puck on net, I mean, why not jumbo Joe? He's been there. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he's had a couple of greasy goals this, uh, this season when he was on the power play, um, you know, just tapping pucks past goalies. So, you know what? Hey, I'd give it a chance right now. Over 25, the real guys aren't doing it. Why not give jumbo Joe a roster spot? Um, who, who do we sit for him, though? I mean, E2 scored tonight. He looked great. He Actually, E2 Osterine looked like the best forward tonight, to be honest with you. He mm. was getting pucks deep. He was hitting people. He was grinding, and he was rewarded with a goal. Um, I mean, who else do you sit? I mean, Achari's not on the PK anymore. He's on the third line now. Lundell might be hurt. Didn't really see him too much. 
Um, Lomberg has been playing well. He's doing his job. Maybe he slots in because uh, Lundell's hurt. Yeah, and uh, we still don't know even the status of someone like Mason Marchment neither. So that's and when if he's healthy, he's going to get a roster spot too. So, so you're not you're not going to sit you're not you're not going to sit Marchy um, if if he's healthy as well. But nope. we're going to transition over to the next segment where we're going to talk about the reactions post game from the Panthers. But first, we're going to tell you all about Built Bar. And I love brownies, but you know what I love more? Brownie batter. Sometimes I eat half the batter just while I'm making brownies. And I'm going to need one after this loss by the Florida Panthers while I'm drowning in my sorrows, that's for sure. So imagine if you could lick that brownie spatula clean and get some protein in. You're in luck because Built has a new creation, and this one is better than ever. The brownie batter puffs. You heard me right. This puff makes protein bars takes protein bars to a whole new level. They're available right now on Built.com. Have you tried the puffs yet? I'm not sure what you're waiting for. Puffs are a chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar. That's right. So this is flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate with 140 calories, 17 grams, and only 7 grams of sugar. Brownie batter puffs are the perfect pick-me-up for any day. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Second segment on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your next listen of the day, make sure you check out the Locked On Now podcast. It's nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right, Nick. The Panthers, only three people spoke to the media today uh, at post game. <laughs> And it was, we, we spoke about this pre-recorded, but for the people listening, uh, Etta Lusterainen came out of the presser, not immediately after the loss, spoke a little bit, and then there was a big five-minute gap in between the next person coming out. It was Sergei Bobrovsky, and then immediately after was Andrew Burnett. So there wasn't a huge gap between Bobrovsky and Burnett. But man, that gap, before we get to what they actually said, that gap between Etu and Sergey Bobrovsky coming out to speak to the media, that is extremely telling of what could have been spoken about in the locker room. And, man, it's like, part of me is like, how do you regroup from here? But at the same time, there, there must be a lot of... Uh, it must be a very sad tone in that locker room right now because, you know, you go out and print, win the president's trophy for the reason of, you know, playing on your home ice that you've only lost seven regulation games. And here we are dro uh, dropping both of them again and dropping game one against Washington already three times in this series. And, I know the Stanley Cup playoffs, when it comes to home ice, it doesn't matter nearly as much as other sports. But, man, the, I can only imagine the tone in that locker room after the game. You and I talked, uh, you know, pre-recording, you know, recording and that it was very telling that nobody had come out, and then E2 came out, and then Bob. So the only two players that actually contributed tonight actually talked, and then you had Bruno that came out. Um, either something was said 
in that locker room to get them to come together or, you know, to be the depressive Panthers fan that I am. I think the boys took that this game really hard. I think they knew that they had the game in their hands and it just slipped away for multiple reasons. I, uh, I think you could see in Bob's eyes and his tone, he's very disappointed. I mean, he, he said it is what it is. And that usually when you say it is what it is, is that when you don't have an answer, yes, good, you don't have point. an answer for how things are and the way that things are going, he's doing everything he can. Um, you know, they got to reset, refocus, regroup. It's going to be very tough playing back to back in Tampa. You have to at least win one. You know, hell, you got to win both of them. You know, the series isn't over. You know, we shouldn't be hanging our heads right now, but damn, you know, that a few other bounces this this series would either be tied or it would be 2-0 Florida's way, but it's very telling to me that only those three people came out and talked. You don't have your captain coming out talking. You don't have your assistant captain coming out talking about the game. Your stars who are supposed to step up, silent. Where are they? And why are they not being asked these questions to be held accountable for the play and their demeanor on the ice? Where is it? We, we, we strive to be a destination and uh, a team to be taken seriously. Well, accountability is a part of that. And if we can't hold our stars accountable and have them answer tough questions, then not really much has changed. Mm -hmm. so, so, I mean, that's what that tells me about the, the those three talking in the press conference. Yeah, and uh, it's encouraging seeing someone like Etzelis Saranen get a goal, you know, bottom six scoring at the uh -huh. time you're, you're very encouraged. You know, you find a way to tie the game when it's really hard to get through Vasilevsky. You give your team a chance to win and one little slip up. And again, you, you give yourself a chance in in overtime, but they didn't even, they didn't even get there. And it's funny because there's a comment by Indade saying the Heat are getting their their butt kicked. Uh, I saw I saw that it was the score at halftime. And I just closed that tab because I'm just too annoyed right now by the state of South Florida sports. It's not a good time uh, for 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 South Florida, and th this team's got to regroup. Uh, and Bruno Bruno spoke about was asked about whether he thinks that this team is good enough to regroup. And the he said that he got a good feeling out there that, and we've seen this this team come back from multiple things and face adversity all year, but it's different this time around. It's different. It's a hill to climb, but I'm thinking, yeah, you say win at least one. Yeah, you you say that the Florida Panthers need to win both. 
I'm folk one game at a time. Game three is the next one. As as tough as this one is, as down as they are right now. Focus on game three and game three only. Don't even look at game four. It's probably the right mindset to go into a game like this. Um, they got to lay it all on the line. Game three. I want to see guys getting down to block shots. I want to see guys giving it all for each other. And just, just do the simplest things. That's what Tampa's doing. Tampa is not doing anything complicated. They're playing a trap game because they don't they can't match with the speed of Florida. They're doing exactly what Washington did, except they're capitalizing on their chances a lot better than the Capitals did. Um just get to game three. Maybe get a couple goal lead if that's gonna be possible. And try to grind it out. Maybe give some ice time to some guys that actually deserve it. Maybe put some different people on the power play. Whatever we have to do, everything has to come out on this game, on game three, on Sunday. And if they come out flat, that's that's going to be a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, uh, it definitely will. But we're going to transition over to the next segment where we're going to talk more about whatever comes to our head at this point we whatever comes to our heads whenever it comes to this panthers loss because we could honestly talk about so many various different things with this florida panthers team being down 0-2 but we're gonna continue this conversation on the lockdown florida panthers podcast on this fairbanks friday edition of the show but first, we're going to tell you all about Bet Online, and Bet Online continues to be the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fight, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online where the game starts third and final segment here on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the locked on Florida Panthers podcast. I, I'm Armando Velez. I got Nick Fairbanks here on the show and Nick quickly scrolling through NHL.com and seeing not I, of course we all know the Florida Panthers are 0% on the power play mm-hmm. through eight games. Now the mm-hmm. NHL website has updated and even their PK unit. Uh, out of the 16 teams that have qualified for the playoffs, of course, there's more games for the Panthers because they advance. Of the remaining teams, though, Florida is last in PK. Mm-hmm. Even even then, it's not more. It's more. It's and it's not really more about how bad the penalty kill is, but it's just the fact that they're putting themselves in that position. You're going to tire out your 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 defense because here's one thing that coaches preach whenever you're on offense and when you're on defense when you're on offense you're in control you you the coaches say rest on offense and here's what i mean by rest you're dictating the pace 
You're you're passing the puck around. You're you you have possession. While you're on defense, you're consistently on your toes. You can't you can't afford to to stand still or or even look the wrong way for even a little bit. So rest on offense. You're on your toes on defense. And game one, I spoke about it. Uh, 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 that they allowed 14 power play shots in game one this time around for the Tampa Bay lightning. They almost cut that by two thirds. And even, even then they, they still get a power play goal. Their time on ice shorthanded was reduced to, uh, to, to where, where the Florida Panthers were down a man. They, they had actually more, more time on ice on the man advantage too. Mm-hmm. So it's just the frustrating part about all of that is that we spoke about it. We um, Jacob, Jacob and I spoke about it. Francisco Porta and I spoke about it. If you don't give yourself the, the defense, another opportunity, more opportunities to have that man advantage, then you're going to put yourself in a better position. They did that for the most part, not getting in the box as much. But the other side of things, when you you have the man advantage, to no avail. Well, I think we can thank Mackenzie Weger for probably half of those penalties, just to be honest with you. I mean, I haven't looked at the stats, but I'm probably going to say it's close to being about half. And uh, he took another one tonight that uh, I don't really understand because too many men on the ice is usually it's um, a coaching or a line change mix up. He just got on the ice and Hornquist was going to go off and Hornquist decided to play the puck. But clearly Hornquist was not on the bench or even close to the boards yet. McKenzie decides to step up on the ice. So that's that's number one. Number two, um, the way that this series started, it was within, I think, the first two or three minutes we took a penalty. And then they uh, took another one. Uh, this one, this it, time around was 11 minutes. So their first penalty in game one in, excuse me, game two in game uh, two. Yeah. Game one, they took yeah. one in the first two or three minutes and then another one and another one. And then they finally got a call this. Yeah. This game, they're a little bit more conservative. They played it a little bit better, but at the same time, it's like I said, Tampa's not doing anything to, I guess, really, uh, how should I say, warrant these, power plays that they're getting. I mean, who's driving the play here? Is it Florida? Yeah, it's Florida, but you know what? They're just, they're not clicking. Um, and, you know, when you have people who make really dumb decisions constantly, 52 out there, mm-hmm. it makes it very hard for the rest of the team to kind of get that mojo back and kind of, you know, get back to that five on five play or even, you know, make an extra effort to draw a penalty um, just because they're trying to get their footing back or they're trying to get their energy back from killing off that last penalty. So it's just, it, it is a motivation killer. And on top of that, when the Panthers do get a power play and they don't score on it, the body language was showing tonight when they didn't score for the first time, uh, all, all playoffs. Mm-hmm. So you can tell it's getting to them right now. And I, I'm really kind of am fearful for game three that um, <laughs> uh, what the body language is going to be there if we get a power play and uh, they don't convert on the first one. But uh, I just, 
there just isn't a lot more that we can go over um, as far as, you know, what the Panthers need to do or mm-hmm. what they need to correct. Because it's very simple. You play your game. You play very simply. Um, you simplify your power play. You simplify your PK and maybe not play as aggressive against a team like Tampa because they'll burn you. And maybe it works to your advantage in game three. And maybe you pull out a win and give us Panther faithful hope or that false hope um, that we're used to. Mm. And another uh, pretty dumb penalty too. We talked about Ben Schrott in game one. Radko Gudis has a cross-checking penalty on Brandon Hagel in the second, in the middle of the second period as well. So those are just composure penalties as well for, for the Panthers that they're putting themselves in the position, even, even, even if they're not allowing the opposition to score, which they did it on Gudis's penalty. Um, you're, you're still, that's less time than you're, that you're on your defensive end too. And, and less time on ice for the, the other players that are, tra- that are not on those, uh, special teams units for for the Panthers, and that's really what has just got to be ingrained in the in in the brains. But I don't know, I don't know how much more we can beat this dead horse uh, for the Panthers. I don't know. I need a they spatula of brownie batter. That's what I need right now. <laughs> hey, I just ordered. I, I just ordered some actually. Um, so <laughs> so uh, once I get in the mail, I'll, I'll definitely have to bring bring you one. That's for sure, uh, Nick. And would hey, appreciate it. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna need we're gonna need it after this. Uh, more more advertising, uh, more built bar advertising here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast than <laughs> we're than usual. But <laughs> Nick, it doesn't get any easier with uh, it being a one thirty p.m. game on Sunday. Of course, two days off with the Emily Arena having a concert on Saturday, which is bogus, and mm-hmm. the. This all also could have been avoided if they chose a Wednesday through Friday schedule, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> and, or push or push game three to Monday. Yeah, may push game three to Monday. But you know, the Florida Panthers are still not gonna make an excuse of it being a back to back and they're gonna and there's also you gotta wonder what the practice schedule is going to look like. I'm gonna check my email in a bit and update you guys. Uh on the practice schedule, but with two days off and a short flight and probably no morning skate on Sunday, you got, you got to see, you got to wonder what they're going to roll out and see if Marchman's okay. And, and let's, let's also finish off on this. No brain point for the first two games. Stamp goes, went into the locker room uh, multiple times, went down the tunnel after taking multiple hit after hit, a skate blade to the leg, uh, a block shot. Chernak goes to the, um, down the tunnel again. Serg- I think Sergachev did. I don't remember whether he did or not. But there was multiple times that there was bumps and bruises of the Tampa Bay Lightning. And they couldn't take advantage. So that's what teams with depth do, like Tampa Bay. And, uh, and Florida has depth themselves. But it just hasn't. It just. They're not we'll, converting. They're not converting. Well. Will the real Florida Panthers please stand up? That's that's really what it what it comes down to. And here's I can't play any music on the podcast <laughs> due to copyright reasons. But the one song I I want to 
for any of you guys to look up and listen to yourselves and hopefully the Panthers are playing it in the locker room is right now by Van Halen, Sammy Hagar, um, Van Halen, even though I prefer David Lee Roth, but you know, that the time is now for the Panthers to, to go into game three, pick up a win one game at a time. It's going to be an early afternoon game where the eating schedule is different for these players as well. Their routine is going to be off, but who cares? Who freaking cares? Go out there and win the damn game. Nick, any any final thoughts before we sign off? Yeah, I have one final thought. This team has shown us over the year, over the season, that it can come, overcome anything. You know, we've talked about it. Coach Q having to resign, uh, multiple players being injured, uh, the COVID stoppage, um, and then just adversity being down multiple goals in big games. You know, I, I, I think about the Toronto game specifically because I felt like our stars came out to play in that game. It almost feels like that this could be the defining moment of this team. What happens if they win on Sunday and they carry that into Monday and they win on Monday? It'll be a complete 180 with how you and I and the rest of Florida fandom is feeling right now. And just imagine that feeling that it will be if it is tied 2-2 because then everybody's going to be saying we're winning the cup. Because this will this will be the defining test if they can do it. If they can do it. So I will leave you with that and that thought process. Um, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Prudentia Zero. Thank you for the follows that I have gotten. And also you guys can follow the work on PantherParkway.com. Absolutely. And thank you so much, Nick, for always joining me. Whether the Panthers come out with wins or whether the Florida Panthers are down 0-2 in a hole like they are right now. So through the highs and through the lows, Nick, mm -hmm. thank you as always for hopping on. And hopefully by this time next week, which will be the night before a possible game six, hopefully we're having a different tone then. So Nick, Thank you so much, and I'll see you at least on the show next Friday. Thank you, Armando. Absolutely. One game at a time, Panther fans. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. They'll be covering all the postseason activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure you listen to today's episode of Locked On NHL. From first round matchups to each Stanley Cup kiss, Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Get the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Summer Armando Velez with Nick Fairbanks. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, 
support your team. Every day.